Hi there. Thank you for choosing to listen to this sermon. We pray that God would use this as an added resource to benefit you in conjunction with you belonging to a local church near you. This sermon was preached at Central Baptist Church, Pretoria. 130 years of believers loving God, caring for one another, and impacting the world. To ask you to turn your Bibles to Second John, it's a small letter. Second John, and we're just going to read um, everything, but we're going to be concentrate, concentrating mainly from verses four to six. Second John. Let's read the whole letter. The elder to the elect lady and her children, whom I love in truth, and not only I, but also all who know the truth, because of the truth that abides in us and will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, and peace will be with us. From God the Father and from Jesus Christ the Father's Son, in truth and love. I rejoiced greatly to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as we were commanded by the Father. And now I ask you, dear lady, not as though I were writing you a new commandment, but the one we have had from the beginning, that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk according to His commandments. This is the commandment, just as you have heard from the beginning, so that you should walk in it. For many deceivers have gone out into the world, those who do not confess the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh, such as such a one is the deceiver and the antichrist. Watch yourself so that you may not lose what we have worked for, but may win a full reward. Everyone who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever abides in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not receive him into your house or give him any greeting. For whoever greets him takes part in his wicked works. Though I have much to write to you, I would rather not use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to come to you and talk face to face so that our joy may be complete. The children of your elect sister greet you. Lord, please do speak to us. Please take our thoughts captive, starting with mine. Lord, may your word alone be proclaimed. Please. Speak to us, I ask you in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, I know probably most of you will be familiar with uh, the five love languages. And uh, couples hear about it all the time, maybe before they get married. And that everyone feels loved in a particular way. And, it, and I think there is a, a sense of, definitely a sense of truth in, in that, um, that we feel loved in, in different ways. No matter how much um, I tell Melissa, I love you, or how much tea I bring her, 
if I don't spend quality time with her, she's like, yeah, you're not showing me that you love me because that's her love language. You know, when I spend quality time with her, then she feels uh, loved. Um, and, but no matter how much I would assure with my words and e- even other actions, um, un- until I show her in, in that way which she uh, feels loved, um, kind of those words are just not meaningless, but, you know, they don't have the impact. And today, in a way, we're going to see what... How should, what is this loving one another and even how do we show people that God's love abides in us? How do we show that love? So just a little bit of, of context. This is a, just a short letter. Uh, I was telling the guys in the prayer meeting that uh, I've been trying to memorize this letter for the past few weeks, but it wouldn't have worked because <laughs> I do my quiet times in Portuguese, so it would be a bit awkward to say it uh, in English. Um, and this is a, a great letter. Just, just by the way, on a, on a side note, when we were at college, they, they used to say, if you don't know the answer in, in your exam, and, and you need to, you know, when you, we had tests, uh, at college, um, at seminary, and they say, if you don't know the answer, quote Second John chapter two, uh, verse twelve. Though I have much to write to you, I would rather not use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to come to you and talk face to face, so that your our joy may be complete. There you go for the students, as a tip. Um, <laughs> but this this is written by John, and this is written to a congregation. The, the elect lady is, is uh, a, con- a specific congregation. And we see that from even the last verse in the letter saying, the children of your elect sister greet you, referring to another congregation, different congregation. Uh, there seems to have been some deceivers. We see that in verse 7 and 8, which, which John is, is addressing, and maybe even some inside conflict, in, and that's why he's pointing, uh, the main point of the letter is uh, living in love and in truth. But after the initial normal greeting of letters found from verse 1 to 3, he starts this letter with kind of an encouragement. Rejoice for the faithful. He, he says there in verse 4, I rejoice greatly to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as we were commanded by the Father. So, John starts by kind of giving them an encouragement in uh, complimenting them, saying, I rejoice in seeing some of your children walking in the truth. Keep up the good work. Continue to walk in the truth. And it, and it must have felt great if, if you, those that received that letter and, and heard, okay, this is, this is encouraging to, to see um, someone else's noticing of, of, of our walk with, with the Lord. But there is something interesting here that 
I want to point out. And most translations use the word some. In the Greek, it doesn't appear, but it, it is implied. And when it says, I rejoice greatly to find some of your children walking in the truth. And I believe there's some meaning behind this and the truth here that, that I want to highlight. And that is this, that not everyone in the church walks in the truth. Maybe, Pastor, we need to add that to another myth-busting, that the, the thinking behind that everyone that is in the church walks in the truth. It's interesting, it says, some, I rejoice today to find some of your children walking in the truth. And, the, and we see this also even later on in verses 7 and 8, talking about deceivers. Think about all the letters in the New Testament where Paul con- is continuously addressing false teachers that are coming from inside the church. Here's an example from Acts chapter 20. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in and among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, man will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So Acts 20, that's Paul addressing the Ephesian elders. And he's saying there's going to be people from inside the church, from among you, that are going to be deceivers. Not every person in the church that we are here walks in the truth. And Central is an amazing, great church, but it doesn't exclude us. And, and so, but maybe the question comes to you, um, well, what should I do? Should, we, should I just be um, untrusting of the people around me inside the church? No. The answer is no. The answer and encouragement from John is this. Be part of those who walk in the truth. Be part of those who walk in the truth. Rejoice with your brother that is growing spiritually. Encourage them. Be, be, uh, hold each other accountable and be part of those who walk in the truth. Encourage the brethren. Rejoice with the faithful. But secondly, it needs to be said that the truth that they are walking in is the truth commanded by the Father. Look there in, in verse 4b. I rejoice greatly to find some of your children walking in the truth just as we were commanded by the Father. So secondly, walk in God's truth. We see here in verse 4 that there is a connection between walking in the truth and the commandments of the Father. This implies that you cannot walk in the truth if you do your own thing. Walking in the truth was in direct correlation 
to the commands of the Father. It is not, I, I just walk by my truth. No, have you heard this in the secular age of today? You need to just live your truth. I read an article on living your truth. And this is what the author, a lady by the name of Carly Victoria says, to live in your truth simply means to live as your most authentic self, doing things daily that bring you happiness and joy, living as true to yourself as possible. And later on, she goes on to say, no, I'm going to live the life I want to live, not the life I think I should live and everyone around me thinks I should live. This day will be a powerful day for all those that get there. It is empowering to take control of your life, your destiny, and ultimately your happiness. And it, it cannot get more self-centered than that. But it is because of this kind of thinking of my truth and my authentic self that has led us to this. If we can put the picture up. So, that is... Uh, William Thomas, who now identifies as Leah Thomas, um, he was ranked 462 on college men swimming category. And that's in the States. And has now transitioned, become a transgender athlete, and is now the women's category champion. And this has just happened this past week. And there is major outrage. Um, but when someone asks uh, this individual uh, about it, you know, kind of response to, to, to this, this is uh, just a, a part of what, uh, of, of what he said. In the summer of 2020, after I completed my one year of testosterone suppression, I submitted all of my medical work to the NCAA, and they approved everything. Thomas said I was cleared to compete on the women's team. And then later on, I didn't want to take any risks with my last year of eligibility. He said, especially given how important it is to me to be able to compete and swim, listen to this, as my authentic self. In other words, I'm living my truth. And, and what I want to say today, brothers and sisters, is you know, that Jesus, God is the only ruler of truth. He has revealed His truth in the Scripture. Jesus is the truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. God's truth are revealed in the Scriptures. And there is no your truth and my truth. There is just truth. There is objective truth, which... Leads us to our next point. Love and obedience go hand in hand. Now verse 5 and 6. And now I ask you, dear lady, not as though I were writing you a new commandment, but the one we have had from the beginning, that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk according to His commandments, this is the commandment, just as you have heard from the beginning, 
so that you should walk in it. So firstly, John expresses that the command to love one another is not a new commandment. He, they had heard that from the beginning. And the same, the kind of same phrase is used in his previous letter in 1 John uh, chapter 3, 11. For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Now, what, what beginning is re- he's referring to? And most scholars agree that it's pointing back to the gospel when Jesus is, is, uh, it commands love one another. In John thirteen thirty four, which we read just before communion, Jesus says, I, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. Wait, Isaac, you just said it wasn't a new commandment, and now Jesus is saying this is a new commandment. But this is what the new part of it is. It's, it's not a new commandment, but the new part is that we love as Christ loved us. Let me show you that this, the commandment to love one another was there from the beginning. In Leviticus 19.18, says, You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against the sons of your own people, but you should love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. And one of the scribes came up and heard him uh, disputing with one another and seeing that he answered him, well, asking which commandment uh, is the most, uh, sorry, uh, I just was reading Mark now. So we see there in Leviticus, then in Mark chapter 12, says, Which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus answered, More, Most important is hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other great there is no other commandment greater than this. So the Pharisees and, and Jesus, they were all in agreement. These, these commandments that came from the law were there, and, and they were the greatest ones to be followed. We can see uh, the commandment to love one another was not new, but neither is its relationship with obedience. In John 14, 15, Jesus says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. You see it? Straight. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Then in Deuteronomy, we see this. And now, Israel, what does the Lord our God require of you? But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in His ways, to love Him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. And to keep the commandments and statutes of the Lord, which I am commanding you today for your good. Just one more in case you are not convinced. For in Deuteronomy 11:22, For if you will be careful to do all this commandment that I command you to do. Next phrase. Loving the Lord your God. Walking all his ways in holding fast to him. See, what all these verses are saying is that how do you show love 
is by obeying his commandments. That's, that's what Jesus said. If you, are, if you truly love me, you're going to keep my, my commandments. How, how do I know someone is, is, is loving Christ? He's walking in his ways. He's obeying his commandments. And, and something became very clear to me as I was preparing this sermon. That loving, loving God and even loving people has a lot to do with doing things. Specifically, doing what God told you to do. And sometimes we don't gra- grasp the content as well as we would do if it was by contrast. So let me try to provide some contrast so that hopefully the point drives home. You show your love to God not mainly by having a bumper sticker in your car that says, I love God, but instead by honoring your father and mother. Not mainly by writing a love poem to God, but by having no other gods before Him. Do you get what I'm saying? Obedience to His word, to His commandments, shows that you truly love Him. But not only Him, but it's in obedience to His commandments that helps us to love one another. It is... It is straight after the other, the, the phrase. When, when John asks this thing I want to ask of you, that we love one another, and then he goes on to say, and this is love. What? What is love? That we walk according to his commandments. Now, all I, I want you to get tonight is that actually doing the things that God told you to do is the best way to show that you love Him. And it's the best way to show other believers that you love them. It is tangible. It is actional. It's not the oh, just love and, and this romantic sense, you know, as my brother and sister. And, and yes, there is, don't get me wrong, I'm all about affections. But it's doing, it's obeying His commands, it's keeping the Sabbath, it's resting before Him, it's obeying your parents, it's, it's confessing one, our sins to one another, and on all the commands and all the things that God has said to us to Nike, just do it. That's what verse 6, and this is love, that we walk According to his commandments. However, if I just left you there, and if I was sitting where you are sitting, hearing, I would be overwhelmed. Because all of us, we struggle <laughs> to obey all the commands of God. They are good for us. They are for our good. It's not for our oppression. It's not for like, oh man, all, all these rules. Jesus says, my yoke is easy. It is for our good 
the more we listen to him, the more we obey and walk according to his statutes, the more uh, joyful we will be. But how are we supposed to do that? We are not to express love and keep his commandments out of sheer willpower. But instead we need to do it in light of something. So the beginning of the phrase of verse 6. And this is love. It's not the first time. And John mentions it in his previous book in First John. He says, in this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Can you see where the ought to love one another comes after? It is after God shows the gospel of Jesus Christ that you didn't deserve, I didn't deserve. God came and saved us by His grace he sent His Son to be a propitiation for us in our hearts. He, he, he was moving wrath away from us. He took the wrath on Himself. And He loved us while we were still sinners. We were enemies. And it is in light and view of that glorious love that you and I have received. That's what we remembered in, in the Lord's Supper. It's in, in light of that. Looking at that. I'm going to love my brother. I wasn't worthy of receiving that kind of amazing love. And yet Jesus died for me. Action. I'm going to love my brother. And that was the part of the new commandment that Jesus was instituting. Not just loving one another, but loving one another in how Christ loved us. In how Christ loved us. And so, keeping the commandments, obeying, showing that the love of God is, is in us, obeying comes in, in light of, of thankfulness, in light of, of, as you look at the gospel, what Christ did for you, you obey and you understand <laughs> you and I are going to fall and we're going to mess up and we're not going to take a rest and we sometimes will not honor our father and mother. We sometimes will disobey God. We sometimes will not flee from temptation. But Christ died for us and he, he showed his love and there is grace and there is no more condemnation for us that are in Christ Jesus. And so we, we live according to that in light of 
debt. And my prayer tonight and encouragement tonight is that you would just get this of obeying God shows how much you love Him. Do it in light of the gospel. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your commandments. We thank you for your law. The psalmist says, your word is sweeter than honey. The law is good. But at the same time, it, it just reveals our sinful nature and our incapability of, of fulfilling all of it. We, we broke it and we deserve the just punishment from God. So you sent Christ who, who fulfilled the law and imputed in us His righteousness. And now out of gratitude and in light of your great salvation, Lord, we want to obey you. We want to show that we truly love you. And not only that, as we obey you to love one another better. So Lord, would you, would you please help us? We, we cannot do it by ourselves. And, and forgive us. Forgive us where um, self-righteousness creeps in and forgive us where, uh, where a sense of pride comes in as, as if we were not saved by grace. Would you please keep bringing us to Christ's atoning sacrifice? We are so thankful for your goodness and your mercy and your salvation to us. Help us to walk in your ways, Lord. In the precious name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon. Find out more about Central Baptist Church at www.central.org.za.